You're listening to AW360, a podcast from Advertising Week. Recorded in studio and live at Advertising Week's global events, AW360 features thought leadership conversations with the best and the brightest in the advertising, marketing, and technologies industries each and every week. If you enjoy AW360, we'd appreciate it if you took the time to subscribe on your podcast platform of choice and maybe even leave a positive review. Thanks for listening. Michael, thanks for being on the AW360 podcast here at Advertising Week New York. I'm so pleased to have you on today. Thanks for having me, Richard. So you are founder, and as I just discovered moments ago, executive chairman at Big Spaceship. I am indeed. Tell us about Big Spaceship. What do you do there? Big Spaceship. You know, it's Big Spaceship is almost 24 years old, and I, I still find that the hardest question to answer. And I think, I think it's good in a way that it's the hardest question to answer because it means we are doing what we were born to do, which is consistently evolve and adapt to uh, to what people need. Um, but at, at our core, we're a strategic and creative partner to a lot of the, uh, what I consider some of the most ambitious brands in the world. And we help them internally and externally through design, marketing, strategy, uh, advertising to uh, do better in the world with humans. Sounds like everything. Sounds like you just do everything. We do everything. Yeah. Well, it's it's somewhat focused, but yeah. you know, it's uh, we're an agency, but I think we don't always behave the way agencies behave. I could see where you would struggle with being able to define that like that. I mean, once you've, you know, especially in this day and age, everybody feels like they're doing a little bit of everything, and everything has, you know, creativity now. Just somebody saying creativity. Yeah, is like okay, sure, great. What does that mean? You right. Know, I draw pictures. What? Or or creative as a noun. Yeah. Even worse. Yeah. Like oh, yeah. oh yeah, the creative or the creatives describing people, and it's like, well, what does that mean? I have no idea. I I I want the the words break down. All the vocabulary of our industry break down uh, over time, and I've seen this happen a bunch of times over in my career, and I I always find it like frustrating in moments like this where you're trying to create meaning with words, as mm-hmm. we do, but it's also kind of a cool sign that things are shifting and, you know, that we need to develop a new vocabulary that'll sort of slowly come into place around new things. Yeah, no, absolutely. But then every once in a while, this industry is also very guilty of, you know, taking a word I've used for years and then just making it so I don't ever want to hear that word again. Oh, yes. Like lean. Yes. Lean is a... Lean. You know, like <laughs> lean is in... Lean is in, like, I don't know, a beef is... That's one thing, but then I... I cringe when I hear that. Yes, yes, I agree. And uh, content is a word that uh, I, I, I sort of have a, I have a, a sense of why we've had to sort of pivot towards the word content, but it doesn't make it any more useful or less frustrating. No, no. Stuff. Stuff. Yeah, it's stuff. We do stuff about things. Yeah, we do stuff about things creatively. It's cool. Yeah, it's you love cool. It. It's cool. I'm, I'm chairman. <laughs> That's, so, pre- that's pretty much my vibe. You've nailed it. Ah, well, you know, I, I, great show for you to be on, let me tell you. I, like I said, it's a casual conversation. I, the, the more casual, the better. The, far too often I get people going, these are the six questions our executive is prepared to answer. And you, and you ask question one, and they give you all six answers in a row, and you're like, all right, cool, that was four minutes. Thanks. I actually do the opposite. 
when you know especially when i go in and uh speak at business schools and such the professors will always say do you want me to solicit questions from the students in advance and it could be mbas executive mbas or sometimes it's like opm program at harvard business school which is owners and presidents mm -hmm. people who are running very large organizations and uh I always say, no, I don't want to know anything in advance because though it's sort of more challenging in a sense, I learn so much more by not scripting a response, even, even sort of unconsciously scripting a response. So I've ended up saying things in those sessions that were realizations to me. Yeah. And it's a really, it's a, it's a potent moment to learn when you're just kind of in a dialogue and, in, and you know, like you learn a lot from speaking to a person, but if you prepared the entire thing, you're not actually speaking to them. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. You know, like I try and do these as unprepared as possible. I try and do every podcast I do as unprepared as possible. And, you know, I want to know your name. I don't know. I want to know generally what you do. You know, at the end of the day, I want to learn as much from you as I learn from me. And yeah. the only way to do that is you know, the exchange. If we exactly. don't have the exchange, if we sit here and read to each other, it feels like, I don't know, like, you know, middle school plays or something, you right. know? Right, or or sort of press releases made manifest. Oh, yeah, those are great. <laughs> well, they keep what the world me, needs more of. Yeah, well, they keep telling me that AI is going to replace the podcast host, and I'm sitting here thinking, oh, sure, that'll work. Yeah. Sure. Except when they go and get into those AI hallucinations and yeah. suddenly, uh, I mean, Hello. that could be very funny, I guess. But Either very funny or very offensive, one of the two. Both. I, yeah, computers are, are good for There's a, a, fine a few line. things. Yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> um, so you guys had a panel this week called From PSLs to NFTs, How to Build and Maintain a Beloved Brand. We did indeed. Number one, what is the beloved brand? The beloved brand is Starbucks. You may have heard of them, little little uh, coffee shop. I'm from Seattle. Oh, okay. There yeah. You. So I may or may not be a, a secret Starbucks agent. Excellent. We are indoctrinated at a very young age. I'm very glad to hear that. Yeah. You, we didn't do the secret handshake. We should have. We should have. Yeah, we we should have. But um, you know, they gave us a hot bottle of coffee when we're uh, you know <laughs> one years old, and <laughs> you scream, and um, you know you have the scalding. Uh, it leaves a little mark of the Starbucks logo on your tongue. You know, oh, yeah. burn. Absolutely, the siren. Um, yeah, it's so good. But um, no, I'm still a huge fan because I always know what I'm going to get. I always know what I'm going to pay. Yep. And um, I love watching people fall for the whole pumpkin spice latte thing. But um, oh my god, which is the PSL? It is the in PSL the NF in the NFT. The uh, yes, the NFT is is uh, a program that they launched that's more experimental, just trying to dip their toe in the water of Web 3.0 called mm -hmm. Odyssey, um, kind of experimenting their way towards the future of loyalty and loyalty platforms. Um, so that's the N NFT side of it. And PSL, obviously, pumpkin spice latte. And, you know, it, it turned 20 years old this year. And um, it's pretty remarkable that a company as massive and global as Starbucks has kind of, uh, has kind of um, created a new seasonal moment in a sense, you know, people really look forward to Mark Fall happening by the the day that PSL comes out, and you see it everywhere. I, my kid grabbed a snack the other day, and it's these uh, these little bite muffins, mm -hmm. and they were pumpkin spice flavored. And I was thinking, really, this is like this is going everywhere now. Wow. And I think it's been 20 years since I tried one of those and thought, no, I'll stick my usual. It's okay. But <laughs> you know, it's not for everyone, but for the people it's for, and there are a lot of them, it is, it is really a profound emotional experience, which is really, it's an amazing thing to say, but I think because 
scent in particular with scent combined with flavor are yeah. so evocative oh yeah and people and i think fall is a particularly the most evocative season in a sense emotionally the combination of the two is, is really powerful so tell us a little bit about this panel how do you maintain a beloved brand well i should say first first of all that it was uh big spaceship ceo renee hewer and uh and kendra russell uh who is the um SVP of uh, brand for Starbucks who are on the panel. But mm -hmm. I was an attendee and I can speak to it. Um, and we've been working as a Starbucks agency of record for, well, we've been working with Starbucks for seven years and as their agency of record for many of those. And um, I think that the key thing, and, and it sounds so sort of simple and maybe a little bit trite, but they have a very clear sense of their promise to the world and we talk a lot about promise at big spaceship that's the the essence of 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 a brand of a company is is the promise that it makes and how much it's either aligning or not aligning mm -hmm. uh with that promise in all the interactions uh that people have with it including internally and starbucks is is about creating moments of joy and it's about human connection and uh they they think of themselves as a people company that serves coffee, not a coffee company that serves people, uh, if that makes any sense. Oh, and, yeah. Um, and that focus on on sort of elevating the everyday and creating moments of real, you know, human joy and human interaction is an incredible lens to have to look at everything you do and sort of assess whether it really aligns with that promise or not. And, and so we we have a, a very finely tuned uh, marketing machine between the two companies. Um, and, and I should say just the two companies because there's a whole wealth of partners as well, but um, it's a very seasonally driven business. Um, but on top of that, we are always looking at uh, ways that we can approach the hundreds of millions of interactions every day uh, and elevate them. And, and also, and Kendra was talking about this in the session, being aware of the tension between people wanting a frictionless experience in some cases, which is not necessarily a, about, that's more about getting out of the way, mm -hmm. or having a really human experience, which is not necessarily frictionless, but is really positive. And how do you find the right equilibrium of the two? Uh, you know, they talked about, she talked about how they always said they would never be a drive-through company because they're all about human interaction. And now <laughs> drive-through is a massive, massive piece of their business. You know, the app was a, was a major consideration. You know, do we want to remove that interaction? But you have to go where people are. And so you're always trying to find ways of building that humanity and those moments of joy in. It's interesting. They, they actually end up balancing it very well, I think, better than anybody else I could think of now that you mention it. But, yeah, I, you know, to me, I, I love the convenience of sometimes I just need to go there and get out, and sometimes you need to go there, and it's okay to hang out and talk for five minutes. That's fine. Exactly. Um, on the NFT side, you, you mentioned the Odyssey um, program. Is that you, you were involved with that? We're not involved with that. That's, uh, that's something that, uh, that they worked on with, a, with another partner. But, you know, what I, what I do love about it... Um, is that it would be very easy for a company that is as um, well-oiled and uh, well-run as Starbucks and, and, and global, obviously, as well, to just keep 
optimizing the machine. Yeah. And we talk a lot internally at Big Spaceship about there's, there's sort of two types of progress that you can make. There's incremental progress, and that's vitally important. How do we keep sharpening the blade of whatever we're doing? But you also have to leave room for sort of disruptive progress, the big leaps that might be available to you. And one of the things I love about working with Starbucks is that they have a similar sense of that balance, that they really aren't afraid to try things. And inevitably, if you're going to try new things, you're going to fail. And, uh, but you're going to learn. And they've tried, they try lots of things. Some of them we do with them. Some of them they're doing like Odyssey elsewhere. But the learnings that are coming out of that already um, are fascinating. You know, one of the great anecdotes that I'd heard before but was discussed in the session is that there's a particular challenge in the digital community uh, of, of Odyssey and a whole bunch of, of the, of the uh, members of the community came together and were working on it and they planned an in-person meetup Wow. at a local Starbucks to talk about it. Oh, that's and that, cool. That, that something that's built to be a purely digital thing is still somehow creating real in-person connections, and that's such a Starbucks thing to have happen. And so what can we learn from that, and how do we kind of engender more of those types of behaviors? Yeah, it's, it's an interesting program. I was um, skeptical of it at first because it felt like, oh, you know, just when you stop hearing about NFTs and you know, the metaverse <laughs> and all that, here comes Starbucks with sure. theirs. And, you know, as a customer and as somebody who has just always loved the company, of course, I tried it and thought it was brilliant. Yeah. And, and I'm very, very impressed with it. It's, it's funny how good they are at all of these things. They are really remarkable as a company overall. I, I find, you know, I, I've walked into companies for a living for the past yeah. almost 30 years. And it's very rare to walk into a company that's operating at the scale that they operate that where the, they actually mean it. Yeah. When, when they're trying to do good in the world, they actually mean it top to bottom. There's no cynicism I've ever encountered there. They encounter cynicism in the world, and I understand why, because most things yeah. are more cynical than they are presented. Yeah. But I, I find that, uh, you know, that in a world of mega corporations, there are very few that are really, really trying to, to do what they do at the highest possible level of good. And I, uh, I guess I've drunk the Kool-Aid because I'm a huge believer in them. <laughs> I've drunk the PSL. <laughs> well, speaking of in-person experiences, we are at one now. We're at the, I believe it's the 19th edition of Advertising Week New York. It's certainly the biggest. It's certainly the... I don't know, the most shopping mall-esque we've ever had. <laughs> I was wondering what this building was before. Yeah, it was a mall. It was a mall because it, it, it looks a like a mall. Yeah, it's it's a fascinating... I mean, I absolutely love it. I, I absolutely love it. I used to come here a couple times You know, when I was in town. I'm actually based on the West Coast. But whenever I would come to town, I would pop over here, oddly enough, to go to the Starbucks that used to be on the ground floor. And occasionally, you know, shop for stuff for, you know, kids or what have you. But, yeah, it's a converted shopping mall turned, um, I don't know, think tank for the... Uh, country's best and brightest advertisers this week. What has your impression been? Um, my impression is that this is exactly the right kind of environment for the industry in this moment. Like yeah. There should be a sense of kind of chaos and, you know, lots of sort of chance connections and th there's so much going on and there's so much um, I guess there's a there's a disequilibrium that we keep thinking we're coming out of and then something new creates further disequilibrium and it's not, it's not paralyzing, 
uh, at least in, in my view, um, you know, we've got tremendous momentum. And I'm starting to hear a lot of other groups are, are starting to feel a lot of momentum um, coming out of the first half of this year, which was, you know, weird and the fog of war was thick. Oh, yeah. um, but, uh, but I feel like there is... A, a kind of heady lack of order to the industry right now. Like there are these moments in time when things aren't well organized, and that's when big leaps happen, and yeah. then best practices set in and things get more ordered, and that's you know when it when things sort of mature. Uh, but but I live for these times when when things are you know I got into the industry in the late '90s in the internet bubble and. It was really chaotic and weird, and uh, and it was, but it was exciting because it was like a, it was a playground in a sense. Like, oh, there's all this stuff. Let's figure it out. Yeah. Rather than this is the way that things are done. Yeah, it, it does feel like, you know, when you just think of the sheer amount of content that's out there, the sheer amount of platforms that you could put that content, the sheer amount of people creating the content to put on the platforms, we are kind of back in that late '90s era. I mean, and. Not by design. No, nobody's designing no, this. No, absolutely it, it not. Just, it just happened. What, what do you foresee happening down the road? Let, let's call it a year, maybe two. You know, what, what, are you, what are you excited to see is probably the better, the better question. Um, well, I'm excited for a, the pendulum to swing back to humanity from focusing on purely or not purely but certainly the majority of the focus in the larger conversation has been around data platforms algorithms and ultimately everything we do is all about people yeah and as someone who founded a company back in 2000 uh and is you know uh has his own little kind of uh a petri dish of a uh you know experiment to learn from the thing that's gotten us through the most challenging times has been culture uh culture you know everybody talks about the drucker quote culture is strategy for breakfast but nobody actually pays attention to it they just quote it yeah yeah uh, sure but i really do believe that in in times where there's tremendous disruption and change the the thing that builds resilience into organizations is culture and that's always our focus and i think th that because of the multiple layers of disruption, positive and negative, that we've been going through, uh, we're going to need uh, collectively to return to a focus on, on people because that's really the best way through and the best way to take the opportunities that disruption offers and turn them into something powerful. Do you think we'll know when the disruption is over and the focus is kind of resetting? I think we'll know a little ways after. Okay, you know it's um, it's kind of the other side of that William Gibson quote: the the future's here already here. It's just not evenly distributed yet. Yeah, yeah. So on the flip side of that, you start to feel like things. Oh, this is actually fairly evenly distributed now, but you only really get there. Like for me, it's always I'll have a moment where I'll have an experience where it's like that used to be this rarefied thing that you would only see in one place or another, and you see it in the most humble, mundane place, and you're like, oh, I get it. Like, this is now evenly spread. But it, it takes a little while collectively for us to kind of get our heads around that, I think. Well, this has been great, Michael. I thank you so much for being on the show. This is fascinating stuff. Thanks for having me. I had fun. My pleasure.
Thanks for listening to AW360. For more podcasts like this one, be sure to check out Advertising Week's ever-growing roster of podcasts for the advertising, marketing, and technology industries, including our flagship podcast, Great Minds. You can find those at www.advertisingweek.com slash podcasts.